Welcome to Club Sandwich, where the music is great and the stories are real. Each week, we talk about life in the middle, the middle of raising kids, nurturing careers, and navigating the ever-changing needs of our aging parents. I'm Jennifer Owens. I'm editorial director at Firstly, the first financial wellness platform designed specifically for the sandwich generation. I'm also the mother of two, wife of one, and daughter and stepdaughter of my children's grandparents. I know firsthand how complex family life can be and how it can change in an instant. I also know how hard it can be to prepare for the future, especially one that impacts our kids, our parents, let alone ourselves. And our guest today knows that too. Josta Tremblay, thank you for sharing your sandwich story with us today. Woohoo! I'm really <laughs> happy to be a part of this, Jen. I'm super excited. Well, so I am catching you at a very busy time for your family. You and your husband are, you know, both working remote full time. You, you're juggling childcare drop-offs and pickups, something I'm so glad to not have to do anymore. And then there's the actual parenting. And now you have baby number two on the way in just a few months. Yes, yes. We're very excited to be welcoming baby number two, but you are on point. It is, <laughs> there are some days... Um, I feel like a headless chicken and then I eventually <laughs> find it and I screw it back on. And so everything sounds great. But <laughs> Well, so what are you thinking about now as, you know, it, um, okay. So my husband and I have a running joke that, you know, one baby it's, it's something, but two babies now, now it gets real. Right. I would say something a little bit more profane, but now it gets real. <laughs> so what are you thinking about these days? as the reality is about to hit you? <laughs> oh, let's see. I'm thinking maternity leave, getting uh, baby number two on the list for daycare, getting, you know, getting them, you know, our older one and the younger one familiarized with each other and sort of start that bonding process. It's a lot of things on my mind. But I will tell you, I think the fact that we're doing this for the second time around, there isn't as much anxiety as there was with the first one. I have, I have some memories of, you know, because you're doing it for the first time, everything right. is, everything is new and everything is, you know, enhanced in your mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and with number two, number one doesn't let you forget that they're there. That's exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which I have a feeling will become even more, you know, of a prominent thing in the household once he actually sees the baby and the amount of attention that's needed. But my hope is that they, you know, they get along and they love each other. And eventually they, you know, they get along so well and they play with each other that uh, both my husband and I don't have to be playing with either one of them. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll let you think that's going to happen. I'll let you have that fantasy because... <laughs> oh, thank you. Let me live with that for a few years. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I enjoy that thought. So... <laughs> So now behind the scenes of the family, you know, setting up all the things, what are you thinking about when it comes to future planning, you know, and, and setting up like your family? Well, we, we're talking about finances and we're talking yeah. about things like wills and the like. Like, what are you thinking about in terms of that? Yeah, great question. I think these are things actually we didn't even think of with baby one, which I've started to think about now, which is, you know, long, exactly along the lines of what you mentioned, which is, you know, life insurance, what happens if one of us, God forbid, something happens yeah. and one of us is out of the, one of the parents is out of the picture or disabled or, you know, how do we sort of support the income that's needed to keep, keep this, you know, machine running Yeah. and wills and, uh, you know, health proxies and, you know, what happens if both of us are 
God forbid, out of the picture, what happens to our kids. So all these kind of things that you typically don't pay a lot of attention to are things that you pretty much are forced to think through because as much as you don't want them to be a reality, the last thing you want to do is be unprepared, right? Right. So these are the things that are top of mind right now as we're trying to prepare for the arrival of the second one. <laughs> now, did you ever talk to your parents about this sort of stuff? Because I never did. No. You know, like what they did to prepare like no. up for our arrivals? Yeah. You know, I, I don't remember having these conversations with them or even sort of hearing them talk about it, you know? So it's yeah, it's very real and it's very real for pretty much the first time for me. Yeah, yeah, it was for us too that that we just never and and I'll tell you honestly that as we're dealing with parents passing or the like not only did they not talk about it they didn't do it right <laughs> right like oh, oh. And, you, and you don't want to be you know at least today you don't want to be that parent right who's right sort of caught off guard especially with two kids you don't want to be uh but I think the other aspect is also you want to pay attention to all these things, but also, you know, I love my job and my career and also think about how I'm going to, you know, how both of us are going to balance that with, you know, with all the time and attention that's needed in the household. That's another big one that, you know, quite honestly, I don't think either one of us has an answer right now. I think we're going to have to figure it out as we go along. Have you you ever seen the, um, the Harvard Business School surveys he'll do with like upcoming the next graduating year? And they'll ask them questions about, so who do you expect will do the child care? Who do you expect, you know, how will life look like, like work and life? And they'll always say that um, they always expect everything to be 50-50. And then they'll come back like five or seven years later and it never is. Reality is never that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never. You know, you, you, it's, it's, it's such a fresh mindset, right? When you come out of college, you think, you know, the world and life works a certain yeah. way. And then reality happens, you know, down the line. And it's just quite different. <laughs> From what you thought it would be. So your background is business. So you've been in consulting. You're, you know, an analyst, and and now you're in. Um, you're doing business, leading business development strategies, and looking for acquisition targets, and vetting businesses and partners. So that's all about money and planning. So does that mean that you're the money and planner for your family? Does it yes. does it translate? Yes, it does. <laughs> So my husband, as much as I love him, he's he's not the controller of the purse strings, if you will, of the household. He's he's very much creative and he's ambitious, but he's you know he's a software engineer. He can lose himself in the world of you know building applications and game development and all that other stuff that I that I absolutely have no understanding of. Um, so I think my background lends itself really well to this situation because. I sort of, you know, manage the daily expenses, you know, the bills, saving for goals. And we certainly talk about it and we discuss what yeah. we're going to do. But the management and execution of it comes on me. And it's it's easier for me to do that just because of, you know, of my experience and mm-hmm. how I've spent, you know, years, years looking at these kind of things. And it just comes more naturally to me, I think, than it would to him. It would be a, a big task you know, for him, whereas for me, I could just do something in a couple of minutes and then get back to whatever it was that I was focused on. It so. makes me laugh because I, the first time I met you, it was over financial modeling. And now yes. I'm like, are you financially modeling your family? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I'm putting that Excel to good use. All right. Got it. Pivot tables and the like, and you're like, great. Awesome. <laughs> well, and so how are you thinking about the, it, 
bringing it back to baby number two, like with like college savings. I mean, that's always the big, oh boy. you know, it's something I talk about at firstly is that, you know, the, the cost of childcare at when they're very young rivals that of college tuition, but then also there's college tuition to save for as well. Yep. You're totally right on that. Like childcare expense, especially, you know, in the city where, where we live is it's pretty high. It's almost what you would pay for you know, for two kids, if you looked at the combined amount, it's it's what you'd pay for private school or yeah. what you'd put aside to pay for college, for sure. And my hope is that over time, once they're out of childcare and in public school, that expense will sort of, you know, reduce and we'd be able to put more money towards college savings. But 529 is something that I'm a big fan of. And, and I've already signed up for that for my firstborn, and I plan to do the same with the second one, just because it's a safe tax-free way of putting your money aside and you get tax yeah. deductions if it's a state, you know, state run plan. And, uh, you know, over time that, that money builds up. So by the time your kids are, you know, 16 and 17 and you know, go, applying to go to college, you have a nice sum of money set aside. Now, I don't know if that'll be sufficient, but it should be enough to be able to get them through uh, at least get a head start on on a lot of a lot of things. It, de- it also depends on what they want to do, which we have no idea right now. <laughs> so the expense. What? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't picked their careers for them already. Come on. Oh, oh, you know I have, but you know how life is. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be the one thing they will absolutely not want to do. <laughs> oh, completely. So pick the thing that you don't want them to do, and then promote it as a thing. You know, a it's, great a idea. That's it's a long con. It's a great con. idea. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do. Oh, this All is right. brilliant. I'm taking notes right now. Yeah, I'm here to I'm here to offer tips. So, yeah, <laughs> that did not happen in our house by the way. So, <laughs> and also the idea of saving for co- and how you're going to pay for college and all that. Again, and my mom got me through college and, you know, we did say we had a financial aid package and student loans and all this sort of jazz, but I don't know that I ever actually sat down and talked to her clearly about how college was going to be paid for. Mm. Uh, you know, and like and yeah. and I have one going off to college in the fall and we're we're all talking about it, but I don't know that she hears because my husband and I are talking about it all the time and right. we have a plan and we have two babies ourselves and we see college as a seven year commitment because they overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that she's fully aware of what it takes. Goal. Yeah, what it takes. Exactly. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I remember, gosh, when I was a teenager, I think I paid very little attention to where the money was coming from. You know, as long as I got my pocket money and I got to buy the things that I wanted to, you're, you know, your sort of universe is limited to that. And I wish I'd paid more attention back then, but I I did. So it's, you know, it's something that I probably will try to tell my sons to pay more attention, but you know, who knows? I'm, I'm sure my parents tried telling me to pay more attention to these things. And I, I said, sure thing. And, 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 moved on to the next thing that was on my mind at that time. <laughs> I'm sure my mother would have, would have complete, if I had sat down and said, mom, I'm, I really would love to know, how are you swinging in it to help me get through college? She would have loved to have told me, but I yeah. didn't ask. <laughs> but you know, I think that that brings a, you bring a great point there, uh, which is, you know, getting your kids to be financially savvy early on yeah. in their life is a huge, huge plus, you know, whether it's through, getting them to do internships or, mm-hmm. you know, summer, you know, little, little work assignments in the summer and, and start helping them think about, okay, so you made this much money over the summer. What do you want to do with it? 
open yeah. a savings account, yeah. you know, simple things like that and starting to get them familiarized with what it takes to be able to manage your finances. It would be huge. And I think you bring a great point there, which is early financial education is so it's only beneficial. Yeah. We, we did have a conversation just last night with our daughter who's going off to college about, I said, you know, it's not that credit is bad, but the way I entered the world of owning a credit card was bad, which was I got a retail credit card when I was a freshman in college because they were offering free chocolate mints at this department store. <laughs> made. And you know, I'm sure later having covered the fashion industry, Retail credit cards tend to be like 24%. It's like usury rates. Right. On interest. It, they're the worst. And so I said, you know, it's not that, but but when the time comes and we need to talk about that, I need you to come to us and ask about how to yes, use credit and how to like, right? It, Absolutely. Just- Absolutely. You know, I, I remember my first credit card was from Bank of America. And the reason was, you know, I, I that was my my first entry into the United States and I'd come here um, to attend the MBA program uh, at Boston university and I had no credit. And so the mm. only bank that was giving credit cards to, you know, students, especially international students was bank of America. And the, I remember the limit was a thousand dollars. And, yes. you know, at that time, the, you know, the other students who were there, they were passing on knowledge and they said, just use it and pay it off, even if it's for little things like groceries and such, because that'll help build your credit. And yep. um, and that kind of sort of passing on of knowledge really helped because I, you know, otherwise I just wouldn't have used it or, you know, right. have, but very sparingly. Because your heart is like, I don't want to expose myself to have this bill, right? Exactly. You know? exactly. And firstly, we are starting to talk about how to have those conversations with your kids mm-hmm. and, and the like, because yeah, we... I think we're an interesting generation, those of us in the middle right now, because no disrespect to our lovely parents, but I do see things like we're dealing with probate and stuff that wasn't cleaned up. And I just don't want to pass that on. And and then we went to college in an era where financial aid couldn't have happened without student loans. Whereas my mom was able to wait. She went to school late and was able to fund college all by herself by working at a department store. And which I could never have done. My college was too expensive. There was no way that without financial aid, I could have done it that way. So it's a different, I think my experience is going to be a much more aligned with what my daughter's experience is going to be a combination of grants and loans and scholarships. It's a mix. And so I want her to do it the best possible way and to come out with the least amount of loans that I can, can offer her. Yep. And you know, the point you made about retail credit cards, they're so attractive. I remember back in the day, you know, like Saks and pretty much any big retailer, they had them and, and they still do. And, you know, when you're young and you're, you know, you're going shopping on the weekend or what have you, you, you think, oh, this is great. I get like all these points and then I can use yeah. it towards. And so you start opening these and you don't realize that they're just a big money sink, right? Because they're cards that you probably can use only at the retailer. So you end up going back there to collect more points. And it's not really beneficial for you to have all these little credit cards open versus having a yeah. couple that you use, you know, more regularly. And so that kind of, if if there were people that would pass that kind of knowledge on to the younger generations, I think they'd be much smarter with money right? than we were. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, looking at the other generation, our parents, like what's, what's your sandwich? What's the other part of your sandwich? Do you have parents or in-laws that are nearby? 
Yeah, I do have uh, in-laws that are pretty nearby. My parents, unfortunately, have passed away when I was uh, quite young. But uh, my husband's parents, they live about three hours away from, from the city. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a topic that we talk about at home as well. Probably not as much right now because we're so focused on, yes. you know, on, on baby number two. But Creating the, a new generation, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, they were a huge help during COVID, to be honest, because the daycares were closed and both of us were working from home or trying to work from home. And we had a one-year-old at that time who needed constant attention and, you know, needed somebody to play with, to take him yeah. outside, to feed him. And so we relied pretty heavily on, you know, on my in-laws to, you know, come and stay with us and help us through those couple of months till, you know, the daycares were allowed to be that's uh, functioning great. again. And so yeah. we lean on them pretty heavily, you know, for support when, especially uh, around the kids, but we're also starting to think about, you know, what do they need? And for example, where, where they live in Massachusetts, it gets really cold in the winter. And mm-hmm. I think my father-in-law just does not like that much cold. He, he says the cold <laughs> just seeps through to your bones. <laughs> and so we're thinking, well, where could they live or, or move to that would be still close to us? But uh, they'd have the chance to live, you know, somewhere where it's relatively, you know, bearable. Yeah. Those kind of things. You know, we're just we're starting to think about that, but I think it's gonna become a bigger topic as 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 we move along. Yeah. And do you guys talk about where their logins are, where their passwords are, you know, like oh. this Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. My my father in law calls sometimes on the weekends and he He's trying to figure out how to log back into you know, some software that he had downloaded and, you know, he's, he's not able to find it. And it's just, it's about a one and a half hour call. Yep. And yep. then, you know, my husband hangs up and he's like, I could have probably fixed that in like five minutes, but I just couldn't figure out what it is that he's trying to navigate oh, yeah. on his computer. And, you know, they get forgetful. Thankfully, nothing big or disastrous has happened due to their forgetfulness, but uh, we worry about them driving too. You know, it's a three-hour drive and we try to encourage them to take the train, but it's it's a lot easier for them to hit the road. Right, right. But yeah, we're, we're starting to deal with a lot of those things. The gift of showing up and untangling the tech is, <laughs> is truly something. I do it and, I, and I'm glad to be, I'm glad that my level of IT knowledge is enough to be helpful, you know, because it Easily go. <laughs> a little birdie told me that you got your mom all set up on Instagram recently. <laughs> I did get her set up on Instagram. I did. She, she's not using it much, I could tell. But I, she wanted to see my brother's best friend. And that's the only place where his wife, the best friend's wife is. So she can, you know, see what's happening with their family. They're living in Brazil. And so she wants to see the, the stories. So got my mom set up on that. But also untangled. Here's the thing. It, it, um, she had gone... Um, into just using her phone for a really long time and then decided to want to come back and to get back into writing. And so she got a uh, like a MacBook Air. And I say that because in those 10 years, it had gone from having a mouse to having a trackpad that you clicked on and no one told her that. And so (laughs) it was and it was only in sitting and figuring out, you know, passwords and all that sort of jazz that she said, oh, you know, all I needed was that piece of information and I could have, she just could never figure out what was the question to ask to, you know, so, <laughs> and I, and all I think, A, I'm glad to be able to help her. Um, but B is what are the questions you and I are going to be asking our kids? 
Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. I'll share another tidbit with you. Bitcoins is something that my father-in-law is interested in looking into. So finance is another aspect where we're like, oh boy, you know, I don't know if he should be putting any of his retirement money into that. It's, you know, it's something that's hard for, you know, a lot of people to understand. So it's, you know, there's the aspect of getting their lifestyle more comfortable, but also their finances, right? How do you, do we look at hiring someone to manage their money? Do we do that right. ourselves? You know, just to be able to make sure that they're not, you know, looking at something that's really risky or something that they don't understand and putting aside their lifetime savings into something that is uh, is riskier than... than... Well, still respecting them yep. at, for, hey, it's your life, lifetime savings. Exactly. You know, it, it's a balance of respecting their wishes, but also making sure... That they're fully educated. Yeah. About what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's an interesting, because, you know, with the kids, you can just tell them, come to me before you <laughs> sign on for a credit card. You know, like, I'm I'm still going to boss you around as long right. as you'll let me. Don't tell my daughter that she's coming very soon to the end of the road where I'm allowed to boss her around. <laughs> but with the parents, we already know it's, it's a, it's a relationship and it's an honoring and it's a working together and, um. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like there's not a lot of, you know, digital tools out there that help um, people like my father-in-law get educated about, hey, you know, if I'm looking into bitcoins, should I really be looking into that or should I be putting right. my money somewhere else? And how do I make sure that all the bills and everything else that needs to be cleared on a daily or a weekly basis is being taken care of, right? So it's, right. it's really sort of targeting the the elder market and making sure that there are digital you know, personal finance tools that help them do all this without having to spend a farm, right? You know, because that's the thing is like, just because you're older uh, doesn't mean that you don't want to know about a cryptocurrency, SPACs, Bitcoin, you know, that then exactly. so to have that relationship with someone that you can talk to, it, it's different than financial advising, which I think of more in terms of like true investments. This is like having a conversation about a few things you might want to gamble a little bit on with your investment. What what percentage of my investments might I put there? But also then deal, make sure all my bills are paid, make sure that I'm doing right by setting up. Because if you've ever had a conversation with uh, grandparents, the, the one way I have found to always have a good conversation about finances with my parents is to say, I know that you want to set something aside for the grandkids. They always right. want to jump over you. Right. <laughs> and that's okay. over you and then look at the grandkids. Yep. Yes. And they do. You know, they do and they, they want it. They certainly have their eyes on the prize. <laughs> yes, they do. It's always the grandkids. Yeah, the minute baby number one showed up, we all go, you know, down to like level number two on <laughs> in the family hierarchy. It's true. It's so true. It's, 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 you know, it's a blessing if you're on the hierarchy at all. Essentially. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, so as we, as, as with baby number two arriving and getting the grandparents set and the childcare set. So is there something that you wish you would have known for baby number one, something you would have done differently? That's a really good question. If someone had told me it's okay to make mistakes, right? And it's okay to learn and grow as a parent and to figure out how do you balance your career and your child. And it's okay to not know what you don't know because when you're doing that for the first time and it's, you know, it's a human being, you everything is, you know, high anxiety driven. And I think yeah. this time around uh, I'm more confident. I, I, I certainly can say that I'm more confident and I'm more 
forgiving of, you know, slip ups or, or mistakes that happen along the way. I also know which things I need to plan way ahead for, like, you know, getting on the wait list for daycare. Um, yeah. I remember for the first one, I walked in maybe three weeks before I, I gave birth to him. And the daycare was like, you do realize we have people on this wait list that have been on the wait list for. You just got pregnant. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well. I did not know you have to plan that far in advance. Oh, good to know. Thank you. Thank <laughs> so you for the feedback. I'm thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so this time around I did. And, you know, so now I know which ones you need to plan way ahead for and which ones are okay to be, you know, last minute decisions. I think that kind of perspective that I've gained through, you know, through having my firstborn is, is certainly helping. And it also, I think one of the important things is to make sure that you make time for self-care and you make time for things that you enjoy uh, and don't give up on those because that can negatively impact your attitude towards, you know, being a parent. And if, if they, you know, if your career and your, you know, your professional advancement is important, like it is to me, that is something that I know is okay for me to make time for and balance that with, you know, my personal life with taking care of my kids. And so at the end of the day, one size doesn't fit all, you know, so as much as people are happy to give you advice about what you should and shouldn't do, you should do what works best for you. And what other people do may not work for you. And it may have worked great for them, but it may not be, you know, the model that works for you. So you really have to be okay with figuring out your own path in how you yeah. manage all these things. And it's okay if, if what the majority say works for them doesn't work for you. It just doesn't. Yeah, and it's okay it. to do that. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that your path led you to Club Sandwich today. I am too. Being on the <laughs> I'm show. so happy to be on the show. It just, it's been such a great conversation. <laughs> so our guest today was Josta Tremblay. If, if you are living life in the middle, Share your story with us at editors at firstly.com. Please take a moment to rate and review our podcast. It really helps us grow. And of course, if you could use a little extra financial wellness help, visit firstly.com, created specifically with the sandwich generation in mind. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear it. And until then, I'll see you each week in the club, Club Sandwich.